Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. Join your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Michael Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter as we bring you episode 72. This is going to be a feature-packed episode, y'all. We are talking about college basketball, the XFL, Major League Baseball, and of course, our signature segments, your weekly turtle tab, Mike's stupid rules, and write that down predictions. And keep an eye out because we might also have another uh, item to tack onto the list of things football players shouldn't do. So that's exciting. It's going to be a great episode. I'm excited. Are you guys excited? Because I'm excited. Well, I, I am. Ex- I am excited. But did I miss the part of this episode where there's, or the part of this podcast where there's like video involved? Because you said they should keep their eye out for the the things football players shouldn't do. Have have you been like recording my video where we've been recording these podcasts the whole time and I just haven't known about it? We have totally. You could totally have been doing that, and I would have no idea. We have a secret uh, Facebook page that we post to that we post our faces to. um, So that's fun. You could have totally been doing it, and I'd have no idea. So figured I'd ask just to be sure. So as the title of the podcast has, has alluded to, we're going to be talking about some basketball. So I said we'd be talking about some, some college basketball. But that includes uh, the Cyclones women basketball team, also the men's, and then some, some other stuff. But and the women killed it. I know. They beat Baylor. They beat Baylor. And so this is without Madison Wise, who is who's been out for a while, and without like a couple of key players from their team – um and it that Baylor was on what did you say Mike a 57 game 57 conference 57 game winning conference winning streak it had been more than 3 years since Baylor lost a conference game yeah 3 years and do you want to know something else that was interesting so what? the women's team so Iowa State went the entire second quarter without a made field goal and I mean- they only had three points in that quarter, and they still came back to win. Yeah. It was just an absolutely clutch performance by this women's team and Bill Finley pulling out the victory. Ashley Jones got fouled with 0.1 seconds left, hit a free throw, missed the second one intentionally, obviously. And once it's touched by the team, there's literally no time to heave it down court. Mm-hmm. Just a great great comeback win for this team yeah. uh and, and, it, and it, Jones, it probably propelled them into the ncaa tournament too yeah that's a good point too right they were on for the bracketologies that i saw they were on the right side of the bubble but still on the bubble for sure like most of them had them like as an 11 seed very much on the bubble and then they go and win that game right shot up to a nine i mean that's the best win that any bubble team could have period right there's not a ton of pit the, the top five teams don't lose very often in women's basketball, right? To have a win against one of those is one of the marquee wins that anybody could have on their resume. Yeah. That'll shoot them up into an eight seed, nine seed, something like that, which you could argue, you know, I'd almost rather be an 11 than an eight. We can have that argument later. But anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, that, that eight seed line is pretty hard to play on because the eight, nine game is always a toss up and then you go on to the number one team right and like we said those, in that, in that and like division. we said those top teams don't get beat very often so anyway they beat Baylor but beating Baylor right that's incredible right that's a program changing win beating Baylor at home 
Like that's that's awesome. It the is. other thing I just so, want to say is Ashley Jones, like she only had 15 points in this game, but she had 15 points despite going three of 18 from the field, right? So she really struggled offensively, but she battled. She got to the free throw line with seven of seven of 12 from the free throw line, got battled for eight rebounds against a significantly bigger Texas team. Like that was just a goody performance by Ashley Jones. It's in, just incredible. Just yeah. Incredible. So, and, and this propelled, uh, Iowa state to the four seed, uh, so they finished the season in as the four seed, uh, and that puts them in, in the Big Twelve. In, in the Big Twelve, yes, in the Big Twelve, they uh, will face K State uh, in the first round of the Big Twelve tournament uh, that starts on Friday the thirteenth this week, um, and it is in Kansas. Oh, is this City. Friday the thirteenth this month? It is. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. That's awesome. So, so the women's team plays Friday the 13th this week in Kansas City as the women's Big 12 tournament has Oklahoma been. Oklahoma City? Nope. It's in Kansas, Kansas City this year. City? Yeah, it's been moved to Kansas City. So both both tournaments are happening simultaneously. Uh, so so where's the, the women's one then? Uh, the, what, what state? What venue is that? I should know Municipal that. Auditorium. Yeah, Municipal, municipal Auditorium. Uh, they're both right downtown. Um, but the men's tournament will be happening in the Sprint Center, obviously, and yeah. Power and Light District will host both of the pep rallies for uh, the team. So it's going to be crazy busy, crazy packed for nice. that tournament. Nice. Do you know what's not nice? Uh, the men's team and where they're headed right now? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Is that Does that just sum it up? Can we just leave it at that? I mean, they finished with their their worst record since what was it the 70s i think i saw they the last time iowa state lost 20 games which they will this year unless they go on to win the big 12 tournament and then the national title um, the last, impossible the last time they lost 20 games was 1976 now you can argue they've had worse seasons then like 8 and 19 in 1977 might be worse. Nine and eighteen in nineteen eighty one is probably worse than twelve and nineteen. But you know, twenty losses is twenty losses. Not good. Not good. Yeah, and I mean, this was a tough week. The game at home on Senior Day. Uh, we hope to have a better performance with that for Senior Day. Sending off Michael Jacobson and Prentice Nixon. Um, they hung in and. Uh, Razier Bolton got injured at the end of the game, which hampered uh, the Cyclones going into the second game of the week. But it was it was just a rough week. It was a horrible showing in Manhattan against K-State. This game was pretty much over from the start. The Cyclones showed some life right around the under 12 or under six, under 12 timeout uh, in the first half. But they allowed... Um, uh, Xavier Sneed, the senior for K-State on senior day to go off for 31 points in the game. Nobody could guard him, even though he was in foul trouble. Uh, the offense looked inept at times. Um, and Prentice Nixon also suffered an injury late in this game. So we were playing very shorthanded, uh, especially since Terrence Lewis also got injured. Uh, so we were playing um, one of our bench players who seldomly sees the court uh nate jenkins 
If you haven't heard of him, yes, he's on the team. He's one of the guys who sits at the end of the bench, and he was getting real minutes. And it was bad. Uh, and just, it was it was rough to see, uh, to watch that team go into K-State and play that way and that inept. Um, so as we alluded to, I guess, I don't know if we actually alluded to this, the season was bad. The team ended up second to last in the Big 12. Um, so they are the nine seed. They're playing in the first round of the Big 12 tournament this week, um, and they will actually play on Wednesday night uh, in Kansas City as the tournament kicks off um, a day earlier than the women's tournament. Uh, they will play on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock on ESPN. No, no, no. Uh, they, they kick off on the same day. It's just that the, the women as the four seed don't play no. on that first day of games. No. The the women's the women's play in game starts on Thursday, Mike. Oh, Check what? Your facts. Isn't selection Sunday on Sunday, and then they can't do the thing? Check your facts, Mike. The, the thing and the thing. It's Check thing. your facts, but I'm right. Uh, so they play Oklahoma State, uh, which has seen quite a bit of life as of late. Uh, so that'll be a tough game for Iowa State. Obviously, Kansas City is a place that they generally show up to and play really well at, obviously, since I was there last year as they won the entire tournament and nobody predicted them to. Um, But as Mike alluded to, they need to go on a run to avoid losing 20 games uh, Uh, this season. The selection shows on Monday for the women. That's why. Yeah, there you go. Glad you... Who has uh, the selection show on Monday? They're idiots. Glad you you, uh, caught up there, Mike. You must still be uh, shaking off the lack of sleep that you had this weekend with the time change. But I just don't get enough sleep ever. Who has a selection show on a Monday? They're idiots. I've had a that's 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 a rant. Um, But speaking of selection show, I I hear that you think that there is going to be a lot of controversy or controversy controversy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there we go. Third time's a charm on Selection Sunday for the Big Ten and the rest of the NCAA tournament. Yes, I do. And that's because I have come to believe firmly after two years that the net is broken. The net rankings, right? I've talked about it before, how it's going to be interesting to see how the NCAA, the selection committee uses the net. I've told you all to watch out for that. I'm now convinced that the net is broken. And when I was previewing this to Kyle and Wyatt, I kind of framed it as how the Big Ten broke the net. I mean, they didn't break it. They just exploited it. The Big Ten has exploited the net. They were the first team to go to a uh, 20-game conference schedule, thus increasing the games against tougher opponents and decreasing those games against mid-majors that really aren't good, right? So that increases the overall strength of schedule of those Big Ten schools, right? Having the more opportunities for these quad one wins, more competitive games, more things like that. And here's what it results in, right? Let's look at things like this. This is what it results in. Let's talk about Purdue, Kyle, because, you know, you're at Purdue, right? Yeah, they're not great. Right, they're not great. They're 16 and 15. Right? They're, bad. they're actually, a yeah, they're a very, very mediocre team. Right. They're a very mediocre team. They finished 10th in the Big Ten. Not good. Right? That That's not good. But they're 33rd in the net. Right? What can you do? 
right? If they are the 33rd best team in your system that is ranking teams. Now I get that you, puts you know, them as a nine seed. Right. I know, and I know you, you know, you're not going to use this as a firm, right? If, right. If you just went down the net and seeded teams, right. That would be different. I know they don't, but right. If they're your 33rd best team, how are you, right. You've got to make a really compelling argument to take somebody besides them. Right. And obviously, I mean, obviously, another reason is you can't just go down the list because of the automatic bids from the well, right. from the mid-major conferences. Like Utah State has already punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament by winning the Mountain West. Right. And so, right. And I mean, I've talked about Minnesota in the same way. Minnesota's record is obviously not deserving of an NCAA tournament berth. They're fourteen and sixteen. Now you can argue that they're better than their record. They've lost a lot of close games. You know, yada yada yada. But they're 14 and 16, right? That's bad. Yet Minnesota is 43rd in the net, which normally would put you as a bubble team. If you're sitting for, like, if you were sitting 43rd in that old RPI, you're definitely a bubble team, right? You're sitting there on Selection Sunday thinking you got a shot. Now, presumably Minnesota has no shot, but right, the selection committee has to decide here whether or not the net rankings matter, right? They can either piss off a lot of those mid-major schools, right, with great records, think a St. Mary's, think a UNI, right? Teams like that who have, I guess those are probably bad. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll pick a pick a UNI or a St. Louis, right? UNI, 23 and 6, right? Ranked 48th by the Nets, right? So you can either piss off teams like that who have really good records or Wichita State, 23 and 8, 41 in the net. Right. By taking teams ranked higher than them in the net with bad records, because, well, right, it's the net. It's your ranking system. Or you can say your ranking system doesn't matter, in which case, why do you have it? Right. This is the conundrum the committee has put themselves in by having these net rankings focus so much on strength of schedule, on efficiency, on on um, on uh, margin of victory or defeat, on all these factors. Right. On these quadrants of wins. All these things result in major conference teams with these really tough schedules. By the way, according to Ken Palm, like, what is it, like six of the top ten schedules in, sorry, seven of the top ten schedules in the nation are from Big Ten schools, right? Playing these tough schedules is more rewarding than actually winning games, is what it looks like in the net, right? And if you want a comparison to the old RPI, since we were talking about Minnesota and Purdue, right? Purdue's RPI, using that old system, 86. Minnesota, 124. Minnesota's RPI is 124, which is probably more in line with what a 14 and 16 team should be. But because of the way the net is structured and how different it is, right, you have to, you're going into this Big Ten tournament thinking, well, Purdue's got a chance. Minnesota's got a chance. Because if Minnesota goes three and one in this tournament, their net's probably in the mid 30s. And then what are you going to do? Right? The net is broken. The net is broken and it needs to be fixed. And the Big Ten is exploiting this weakness in the net by having this 20-game conference schedule. It needs to be fixed because it's a joke. Right? I mean, and you've got bracketologists predicting Texas Tech as a real bubble team, right? Texas Tech, which maybe they should be, but their net is 23, right? Are you really going to leave out – or 22, Right? You can't leave them out unless you think your rankings unless you admit your ranking system is a joke. You just can't leave them out. 
right? That's what it comes down to. Either the committee has to admit that their ranking system is a joke or they have to bring in teams that otherwise wouldn't be qualified. That's what they have to do. And I'm interested to see which one they do. It's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and it's it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be a wild year to see the bracket finally or finalized. Yeah, right. I'm going to be watching the selection show not because I any either of the teams I care about have a chance, right? Well, unless maybe Minnesota does because who knows? The net is so high, but um, but right, but because I want to see with what they do with teams like Purdue and Texas Tech, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Like it's just it's just going to be interesting. So watch the selection show. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this more next week and how it turned out. Um, yeah, because we'll do an NCAA tournament preview next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, probably. And yeah. I'm just going to take us off script because you know that's what I do best. I was just reading an article, um, and it does look like for this week the Cyclones are going to be shorthanded. Uh, Razier Bolton is not expected to play and neither is Prentice Nixon. So the starting five for the Cyclones will be Michael Jacobson, Solomon Young, Trey Jackson, Caleb Grill, and Terrence Lewis. Skeleton crew. It's going to be, but, it's going to be if, bad. It's going to be ugly. Hey, but if they go on a run, that means you'll get your Terrence Lewis projection, right? <laughs> right prediction, right? Cause it'll be starting at a necessity. And there's there, if they win out, there are four games in the big 12 tournament. So yep, there you go. let's go. We're going to do go. this. Also, so, ouch. The Cyclones haven't won a road game this year. Just saying. Okay, that's that, it. Bye. That bad news. And with that, with that bombshell, I guess. Or Wait, bad, not at the end of the episode, Kyle. Yeah. I can't say that. I Well, I just did. So there's <laughs> another yep, jab. Bad, bad. That's, that's my bad. My bad. Moving on to the XFL before we get sued or fined. Um, the... XFL has steamrolled through week five uh, and the Houston Roughnecks threw some controversy apparently at the end of that game uh, with the XFL tweeting that they should not have actually won that game after a review. They do indeed move to five and zero. they are the only undefeated team uh, in the XFL. They beat the Seattle Dragons with a final score of 32 to 23. The DC defenders bounce back. Uh, and beat the St. Louis Battlehawks, which were on a roll. Uh, RIP to our uh, ever so, or our guest uh, host, Arian, who comes on occasionally uh, as his beloved St. Louis Battlehawks do not win. They lose 15-6. to The Tampa Bay Vipers win in a shootout. Uh, this was the highest scoring XFL game in history. Cough, cough, hasn't been going on for very long. Uh, final score, 41 to 34. And the New York Guardians get another win uh, and they improve, er, as they uh, beat the Dallas Renegades 30 to 12. Uh, so the rule that I will be bringing to your beautiful ears and gracing uh, your beautiful ears with this week is the up-tempo game clock. So we talked about how the play clock uh, is only 25 seconds, increasing the speed of the games and up between plays. Uh, but outside of two minutes in each half, uh, when a play ends out of bounds or on an incompletion, the game clock will be stopped until the ball is spotted. Uh, whereas in the NFL, uh, every out of bounds play and incomplete pass, the game clock doesn't begin until the next play begins with the ball is snapped. 
Aside from incompletions and out-of-bounds plays, the game clock rules outside of the last two minutes of each half are the same as the uh, as in the NFL. So what all that is saying is, uh, like, all the rules are the same except for the fact that, you know, play-ins, out-of-bounds, incompletion, the game clock is only stopped until the ball is spotted. At that point, uh, the clock starts running. Obviously, it, the aim is to keep each game under three hours of total playing time. There you have it, folks. Interesting. See, but why does nobody complain about pace? Of, why does nobody complain about pace of play in football when football games are longer and with less total action than a baseball game? That's what I don't get. Why do people complain that baseball games are too long when football games are just as long and actually have less stuff going on? Just well, saying. Mike, not what we're up, talking you, about right now. You bring but. up an interesting point, and I think we should shelf that for another discussion because we do have another in like we do have something else to talk about for things football players shouldn't do because clearly they are not listening to our podcast and following through uh, because our list just keeps piling on up. Uh, so this week, uh, a member of or a rookie. Uh, rather, for the uh, New York Jets, former uh, star with the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide, Quinnen Williams, was uh, stopped at the either the LaGuardia Airport or JFK International Airport in New York uh, trying to get a gun onto the plane. Uh, yeah. Not allowed. Illegal. He does have a uh, carry permit in Alabama, uh, but what he failed to understand, I guess, or extrapolate from the law is that uh, just because you have a permit in Alabama, Alabama is not the entire continental United States. It is just one state in the union and doesn't work in New York. So good job, Quinnen Williams. You made our list. And it's somebody other than Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown or some guy carrying 157 pounds of marijuana. That's the most shocking part. That is the most shocking part. So, so what are we going to put on the list? We're going to say don't, don't, don't carry your gun in an airport. Don't carry your gun through TSA. Te- I was going to say, technically, there's not, you can carry uh, your gun at the airport as long as you don't try to go through security, right? Yeah. Don't well, you take still can, but security. your gun has to be in a locked safe, separate from any ammunition. So... Even if, if I'm just job right... I don't think so unless I go through unless I'm actually going through security. No, I'm saying if you go through security. Yeah, yeah. if you go through security, yeah. yes, that's to be locked in a locked don't, place. Don't, don't carry a firearm on your person when you go un- through TSA. Don't unlawfully carry your firearm in the airport. How about that? Yes, I like sure. that. I like that. Don't unlawfully carry your firearm in the airport. I believe last week we went through this entire list of thirty. Things so I'm not going to do it again this week. If you want to listen to last week's episode, uh, you can do that to listen to this list. I did that backwards, but it's fine. So uh, feel free to do that. But next time we put something up on the board, I will go through all. I guess we have 31 now in total. Things football players shouldn't do. True that. True that. And do you know what we should be talking about instead of football? Baseball. Yes. Baseball is baseball my favorite. Well, Dang. actually, March Madness is my favorite time of the year. So. We have to get through that before I'm like super amped for baseball. 
throughout all of college, you were saying that bowl season is your, it was your favorite time of year. Now, much madness is your favorite time of year. Now, baseball is what's your favorite time of year, Kyle? Don't be a flip flopper. Is it bowl season? I have a lot of favorite seasons. There are seasons in sports, and bowl season is a huge season. March Madness happens before baseball. You can't and have baseball until March it, Madness has part of it happens before baseball. I mean, baseball will start in the middle of March Madness, right? March Madness, I get even if you say April. right, like what the national championship is going to be on April sixth, April thirteenth. Yeah, I don't know which one. One of those two, somewhere around that. I'm just saying, I'm really excited for March Madness, but I'm also excited for baseball. I'm more excited for baseball than March Madness. Let's go baseball. Two and a half weeks. We are two and a half weeks from opening day, y'all, and it is great. And injuries are piling up for two of the best teams in the American League. The Yankees are very injured. The Yankees are going to be without all three of their starting outfielders and three of their five starting pitchers when the season opens. Um, and and uh, one of their starting pitchers for the entire season. Yeah. So they are going to be without uh, Aaron Judge, who has a stress fracture in a rib. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. And at that point, they're talking about removing his rib. As treatment. I didn't know you could just remove a rib. Like, I didn't know that was a surgery that you could do. Like, I'm sure you can. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a possibility. That just seems weird that they might take out his rib. Ugh, don't like Did it. Did you hear that urban legend about Marilyn Manson? Uh-uh. Oh, well, I'm not going to repeat it on the podcast. It's inappropriate. But, yeah, that fits in with this. Trust me. Okay. So, so, with a... Uh, a quick search uh, from uhn.ca regarding health information. Uh, th- so you can have a rib removed, but obviously anatomy-wise, your rib protects your lungs. Uh, so when you do have a rib removed, you have to have a reconstruction surgery, and generally they will either use um, some type of polymer or uh, like prosthetic fake rib to you like in place they still have to protect that lung uh from being open and exposed okay hmm. that's fair it can be done it's done apparently it's been done but there you have to replace it with something okay. especially if he wants to continue to play that's fair well said anyway the rest of the yankees aaron hicks had tommy john surgery he'll miss a good chunk of the season uh Stanton is hurt again. I don't know what he did, but he's hurt. He's going to miss opening day. Um, Luis Severino, or not Luis Severino. He's actually healthy, right? Or is no, he, Severino's he's the, the one who had Tommy John surgery, right? So Severino's done for the year. Domingo Herman uh, is still serving the end of his PED suspension from last year. And now, uh, what's his name is hurt too. What's his name? Boy, I should have prepared more for this segment. What's Gary his name? Sanchez. Well, yes, Gary Sanchez. He's not the pitcher I was thinking of. Gary Sanchez is also hurt, though they expect him to maybe be back for opening day. There's a third Yankees pitcher that's hurt that I can't come up with off the top of my head. Maybe we'll get uh, it. Uh, uh, once, I, once I pause my ad blocker for this site, I'll be able to let you know. Yeah, you look that up, and I'm going to move on. The other big Chad, injury. Chad Bettis is no, injured. No. no. Uh, ben Heller. No. Aaron Hicks. 
Yes. Aaron yes, Judge, yes. James Paxton. There you Paxton, go. Paxton, thank you. Back Paxton, surgery on February 5th to remove a paradisial cyst. Projected return May or June. Gary Sanchez just has a sore back. He's uh, potentially available for uh, opening day. Luis Severino out for the entire season. John Carlos Stanton won't return until April with a calf strain. And yeah. And like you said about Aaron Jones uh, with that stress fracture in his right rib, right now his return is unknown. Yeah, they don't know when they'll have their star. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks and then they'll decide from that. It's not a reevaluated in two weeks and he might be ready then. It's a in two weeks, we'll decide what to do and how long it'll be. So. He will most likely miss opening day. Anyway, the other big injury for an AL contender comes from the Astros, where it was revealed to Justin Verlander, their ace, the reigning Cy Young winner. Or was that Garrett Cole? No, Verlander won the Cy Young, didn't he? Mm -hmm. And uh, he has a strained lat and is doubtful for opening day. He is shut down in the meantime and is doubtful for opening day. So... Top players on AL's top teams keep dropping and uh, start to open the door for the Twins here, who are almost fully healthy, Byron Buxton being the only one um, who has not yet taken part in spring training for the Twins. Everybody else is healthy and ready to go. Well, so. and this is this is a serious blow to the Astros pitching rotation. Obviously, we knew they uh, lost Garrett Cole uh, in free agency, uh, so Justin Berlander is their ace. But outside of that, they have... Zach Granke, Lance McCullers, who's been a so-so middle-of-the-road pitcher, uh, and Jose Urquidy. Um, haven't heard much about him. Uh, and then other possibilities are Josh James and Austin Pruitt, um, both really not uh, top-of-the-rotation uh, pitchers. So it'll be interesting for the Astros. This could really hamper their the start of their season, at least. Yeah. True that. And you want more that's super, super exciting, Kyle? One more thing that's super, super... Are you ready? I know this is I your favorite thing. I hate this segment. This I is your favorite thing. This. As promised last week, it is time for our first instance this year of our weekly Purtle tab. I think Let's, the word you were looking for is installment. It could be installment. Instance also works. It might not be the normal phrase, but this is also an instance. This is an instance of the weekly turtle town. We're going to talk about Willens Astadio. Who doesn't love that? Willens Astadio, so far in spring training, he has played in eight games. He is hitting 227 with one RBI. Kyle is deleting my turtle emojis as I talk about this podcast, as I talk about this segment. He still has no walks. Now he's deleted all my turtle emojis. He has walked zero times. He has zero strikeouts on the year in typical Willems Astudio fashion. He is putting the ball in play because that's what he likes to do. The bad news is he's still unfortunately unlikely to make the 26-man roster out of spring training unless Byron Buxton is not ready, which he still hasn't even taken live BP yet. Buxton hasn't. He will do that tomorrow, it has said. Um, so Buxton will, if Buxton's not ready, Astadio will probably be the next one up. So that'll keep an eye on. So basically, if Byron Buxton's healthy, no Astadio on the roster. No Byron Buxton, yes, Astadio. I'd love Astadio. 
but I'd rather have Byron Buxton. That is your cool. weekly turf tab. Now so that that is over, it is over. Yeah, that's all I had. Now that oh, that's just that. Okay, just exciting. I I thought I thought you was. Now that that is over, usually is that. Now that that's over, I'm going to talk about something. Yeah, well, but, I can't because now you're just going to keep filling our ears with rules. As I've said before, come up with a segment idea and you can talk about it. Yes, I am going to fill you in now on a new rule here. Um, this rule was just um, put into place here within the last week across all, or at least three major sports. The NHL, NBA, and Major League Baseball um, have effective now until future, an unspecified future date, have banned all media members from the locker rooms in order to keep players healthy and prevent the spread of the coronavirus. So there is your new rule for the major leagues, the NBA, and the NHL. No media in the locker room. So if you're looking for good player quotes, uh, good stories like that, don't look for them anymore because they won't exist. Another blow... Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, you can also add Major League Soccer to that list. MLS CMLB, NBA, NHL, and MLS. MLS so. has also done it. So there you go. So if you're looking for – this is just another blow to print media, especially, who really relies on these quotes, right? Because, you know, you can't put a video of a post-game press conference in the newspaper, right? doesn't work like that. So another big blow to print media. There's some talk that at least in the NHL, they might make this change permanent, like even after things are healthy again, which I think would be a huge mistake. I think media in locker rooms is an incredibly important thing, right? They serve in a, right? They serve a, I, right? I love, I might be old fashioned because I still read the newspaper, but I love the access, right? That the media gives me from being in the locker room. Well, so, and then it, it, it gives us insight on if there are any in, potential internal problems within an organization. So you kind of get that where not everything is behind closed doors. Yeah, exactly. But a huge fan of that would have been Marshawn Lynch. Yes. He would have had <laughs> way more money. <laughs> I mean, they're still doing press conferences. At least I presume they are. I haven't heard that they aren't. It's just I, that interviews in the locker room and things like that. So Marshawn Lynch still would have had to go up there for his press conferences. So yeah. maybe it wouldn't have saved him any money. Maybe but, not. But we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully this change isn't permanent and everyone will get back healthy and it'll all be super happy fun and things go back to the way they were. That's what I'm hoping for. Well, so it's bad news for some media, or media and journalists and reporters and such, but... There's more bad news in our accountability session this week, at least for me. Yeah, I had a, I had a very rough week. For you and Josh, bad news. Yeah, bad news. Josh, I had a uh, very rough week. Wyatt and I didn't have anything come off the board. Nope. But, well, are, uh, are you going to fill the, fill us in on that, Mike? I am. Sorry, I, I was also trying to get Josh's write that down prediction here. Before oh. that segment starts, so I was multitasking there for a minute. We did have three predictions come off the board, and as we've sort of hinted, they were all wrong. Um, Kyle predicted that the Iowa State women would finish the top three um, in the Big 12 standings. They finished fourth, a game behind Texas for the. So for that, Kyle gets a. Nah. 
Uh, Kyle predicted the Iowa State men would win both of their games this week. They won zero of their games this week. So, nah. Nah. <laughs> and Josh predicted that the Brewers would win five out of their next seven spring training games. Um, they won two out of their next seven spring training games. They went two and four and one in their last seven spring training games. So, not good for Josh. So, he gets a nah. Those are three predictions that came off the board. So, Kyle, you want to start putting stuff back on the board for us? Yeah, I'm very hesitant to put stuff on the board because I've I've sucked recently. Uh, So I hope the women's team can pull this one out for me. So my prediction is the ISU women's basketball team will win one game in the Big 12 tournament. Just one. Only exactly, one? Exactly one? Exactly one game. So And their first game is against the five-seed K-State. Right. So who their would next they, game being oh. against the one-seed Baylor? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Which is why I don't want to say they're going to win two. Well, yeah. If you said they'd win two, it would be a home run. They're not, the odds they beat Baylor again is... Yeah, Cruella DeVille be back for vengeance. Did you see her outfit at that game? Oh, my Lord. She was wearing an entire, like, leopard or jaguar. It was I'm telling you, that's that's, that's who she is. Yeah, I'm just just upset that we were told we couldn't direct our free throw chance at the opposing coach. You know, (laughs) right? Like, we came up with some good ones of things we could chant at Baylor's coach, and Mr. Shields said we couldn't do it last year. Oh, man. But she always she always sits on the sideline and you know it's like crouching down. We wanted doing free throws. We wanted to chant, "Crouching's bad for your knees. Crouching's bad for your knees." But they, Shields wouldn't let us do it. Yeah, I feel like she could complain, and then Jamie Pollard would be upset, and that'd be a whole deal. Yeah, but then Bill Fenley would love it, and you know. Yeah, serious. Oh, one hundred percent. So for Kyle's prediction, I mean, uh, they're probably going to win one game and only one game. I mean, it's a toss-up. It's a four-five matchup. K State beat them in Ames uh, less or about a week ago. But that's fair. Iowa State won in Manhattan. So I'm so. I'm buying. I'm, gonna, I'm asking for a double in that. That's all I'll, I want. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So yeah, I'll give you. That. Okay, that's what I was yeah. gonna say too. I yeah. thought that, I that's thought not a the single. way you started out, Wyatt, you were saying, no. eh, it's only a single." No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that to you. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. What do you got, Mike? I am predicting that Minnesota will win three or more games in the Big Ten tournament. That's, that's quite a few games. Or so more. More games. Yes. Uh, just, so, just, yeah, so Minnesota's th- first three opponents would be, as I pull up the bracket, uh, can I find the bracket for this year, please? Thank you. Um, Northwestern, Northwestern. They, they'll beat. Then Iowa. Then Illinois would be their first three games. Their oh, opponents man. are all decided. So that's not a assuming the high seed wins type thing. Those are all decided. We know it will be Northwestern, Iowa, and Illinois. I don't know if they'll win all three of those games. Um, wait. And also consider that Iowa and Illinois have buys up until Minnesota plays them. So they'll yeah. be fresh and Minnesota will be tired. Yep. Um, Plus, Minnesota is probably one of the thinnest teams in college basketball where they have three players who average more than 35 minutes a game. I'm not sure they're going to beat Iowa. 
I kind of want to go with a triple. Triple. I don't know about you, Kyle. Yeah. That's what I said. I said oh, okay. it at the same time as you. Oh, my butt jinx. <laughs> yeah, triple. That's That sounds fair to me. All right, I'll take it. Where's Banker's Life Fieldhouse? Uh, I believe Chicago? No, Indianapolis. Indy, wow. Yeah. They, they alternate back and forth between Chicago and Indy. Except that one year they stupidly played it out at Madison Square Garden a week early. That was dumb. I hope oh, they never that, do that again. Is that where the Pacers play? Yeah. That makes sense. Like, huh. it just makes so much I more sense. Know to play this. I big, live close to Indy. It makes so much more sense to play the Big Ten tournament in, like, Big Ten country, not out, like, in New York, which isn't Big Ten country. Or Washington, D.C., where they played which last year, right? Also, which they played there one year, yeah, which also last isn't year. Big Ten. You were mad about it because they played a week earlier than uh, because they had to do it in the same place that was, as somebody else. That was, that was when they played in Madison Square Garden. Oh. I don't remember what year it was, but when they played in Madison Square Garden, they had to play it a year, a week earlier because the Big East gets, or yeah, the Big East gets it that week. Well, and as our as our favorite um, host loves about us, we're off track once again. Um, sorry, Wyatt. Oh, psh, we're, we're like towards the end of the episode anyway, so it's fine. It's totally fine. However, I do have a prediction I'd like to put up on the board, sure. and I hope it's wrong. I'm going to say that the Cyclone men's basketball team will win exactly zero games in the Big 12 tournament. That is the most likely outcome in the Big 12 tournament, for sure. Easy points, um, but and I now that, I'm wrong. And now that we know that we are probably without Prentice Nixon and Razier Bolton, yeah, I'm sorry, a, Wyatt, I'm giving you a single. Yeah, that's a single. I, I said easy points. I didn't say I was going for many points. Well, that's good. That's also, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. You're only getting a single. That's fine. Do we have anything from Josh this week? He's we still do. Alive. I assume he's still I, alive. Yep, he is still alive. Um, I asked for a clarification, but I asked for it really late, so I'm not surprised I didn't get it. He said that Wisconsin, so the Badgers will win the Big Ten championship. I'm presuming he means the Big Ten tournament championship because they already won a share of the Big Ten regular season championship. So I'm presuming he means the Big Ten tournament championship, and that's what we'll put him on on this podcast. And if he comes back and says something different, we will, we will adjust later. We'll adjust to notify you next week. Yes. So Wisconsin winning the Big Ten tournament, which if we go back to our bracket, so Wisconsin is the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. So their opponents in the first round will be the winner of Michigan and Rutgers. And then if they win that game, it will be likely Iowa or Illinois or Minnesota, I suppose, is a possibility. And if they win that, their likely opponents are Michigan State, Maryland, or Penn State in the title game are their most likely opponents. Ripple. Also, with the, with the chance of it being Ohio State, Purdue, Nebraska, or Indiana. Man, did you all see Ohio State lose this weekend? Did they yeah, lost to Michigan State, did. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they played. There was, that was that – was, I don't like Ohio State, so I enjoyed it. But I mean, no, yeah. Not, they, I also yeah. don't like Ohio that State. That's because we lost to them in Tulsa. <laughs> I also hate Tulsa. You love Tulsa, Kyle. You no, were so glad. Tulsa is the most Tulsa. garbage city in the continental United States. That's false. But garbage. That's not true. <laughs> okay, Iowa City is garbage, but Tulsa, <laughs> Tulsa, suck it, suck it, uh, Iowa. Um, I mean, yeah, I kind of want to go with Kyle's triple. Do you think this is home run worthy uh, or double worthy? I, I don't think so in either case. Uh, yeah, I think it's probably a triple because I don't have uh, numbers that can say differently. So my gut says triple. That's Mike. that's where I was leading. 
If so we we're uh, yeah, we got a single double and two triples up on the board this week. You could just um, give me a home run and then we can hit for the cycle. Or not? Uh, I don't I'm think I only it's home run. Sorry, bud. Sorry, fam. But since we have all four write that down predictions up on the board, that means we're at the end of the write that down prediction segment, which also means we are at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode seventy-two of the eighty-three eleven cast. Make sure you check out our Instagram if you're on Instagram at 8311cast and drop us a line on our contact page if you want to leave your thoughts about the show. That's uh, 8311cast.fireside.fm slash contact. We should really buy a domain name so we don't have to throw the fireside thing in there. Anyway, uh, signing off for 8311cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Thanks again for sticking around. We'll talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Beat the Cowboys.